produced by the National Keratoconus Foundation, featuring information about life with keratoconus. And it's a very special day because it is World Keratoconus Day. So happy World Keratoconus Day, everyone. I am your host, Dr. Melissa Barnett, and I am thrilled to invite Rachel Duncan back to the Clearly KC podcast. So Rachel, you're actually the first guest to come back again. So thank you so much for being here. So for those of you who didn't listen to the first podcast, you'll have to with Rachel because she's amazing. She's the director of Academy Health and oversees a work portfolio focused on studying the effective and ethical engagement of diverse stakeholders in health research activities. She works at the intersection of sectors and stakeholder groups supporting the advancement of health policy and systems research and the enhancement of its impact. Welcome, Rachel. Thanks for Welcome having back. me. Thanks. I'm excited to be back. I'm excited that you're here. So first, I want to wish you a happy World Keratoconus Day. Thank you. I look forward to celebrating every year. I feel like having these chances to celebrate gives me a good way to channel different aspects of my experience in a way that can be positive and hopefully helpful to other people. And it's nice to get to connect with others who are also celebrating. That's wonderful. So how are you celebrating this year? It's a good question. I've given it a little bit of thought. I tried using, in a couple of instances, social media platforms to be able to engage other folks in answering a couple of questions, either related to their experience with keratoconus or for others who maybe have a vision impairment or another kind of impairment, it could be uh, visible or invisible, but just asking people questions. Something that I noticed the other day was that there are some things about having keratoconus that have changed the way I look at the world and the way I move through the world. And in some cases, that's for the better. I've been trying to reflect on it that way and where I can engage others who have the condition and thinking about it that way as well, instead of taking a more maybe negative or disheartened approach to thinking about their experience with the condition. Maybe next okay. year I'll do something more formal. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I've just been wishing everyone a happy World Keratoconus Day and, yeah. and talking about NKCF and giving resources. Mm-hmm. And it's been a lot of fun. Okay. Today, I'd like to talk about life with an invisible disability. And in this year's World Keratoconus Day Photo Challenge, the topic is, what is something that keratoconus did not deter or defer you from? So does this topic resonate with you? Definitely. It definitely does. I saw that announcement go out about the photo contest, and I got very excited about the question because I think for a lot of folks upon being diagnosed, there's this impending fear and question about how this will impact their life, their opportunities, their experiences. And for me, for quite a long time, I felt like having keratoconus was a limiting factor. And when I saw the question, it reminded me of a specific moment that was defining. As an undergraduate student, before I had been diagnosed, I had always wanted to live abroad, and I had a particular vision for what that might look like. There was a particular fellowship that I was interested in, and I never quite had the courage or confidence to apply. 
a couple of years into my career. So now a working professional had an opportunity to pursue the same fellowship, but in a professional setting. It's a fairly prestigious opportunity. I was awarded the chance to go and live abroad and to work with the Ministry of Health in a country that I was excited about and to do work of interest to me, which meant picking myself up, moving myself to the other side of the world, being in a place where I wasn't going to be using my first language, which is English, which would mean really needing to rely on my ability to read social cues and interact with people naturally and to feel comfortable and confident in my own skin. I was terrified, but having keratoconus didn't keep me from getting to finally go and have that experience. And that really sunk in when about two weeks into the experience, one of my scleral lenses broke. Oh, no. (laughs) And luckily I had a backup pair with me. But up until that point, I had completely forgotten that that I had the condition because I've gotten into such a rhythm. I found ways of managing it. I've achieved a level of comfort in figuring out how to navigate my lifestyle that I had totally forgotten that needed to be a major concern or consideration. And that was the moment I realized, oh, I didn't allow this to hold me back from something that has been important to me for over a decade. So I got to go and have this really incredible, rich experience, even though I have the condition. And in fact, even though one of my contacts broke. That's a wonderful story. I'm so glad you shared that. Yeah. And, And I'm really glad that you had a backup pair of scleral lenses with you. Yeah. I had just gotten a new pair. That's one thing I think I've learned to be prepared for, or I guess one thing I've learned is important and being able to live a normal, rich, full life with the condition. Sometimes it just means taking extra steps, thinking ahead, making sure you have a plunger with you at all times to be able to take out your lens if it's bothering you, making sure you have extra drops with you. But I have found that by thinking a couple of steps ahead, the condition doesn't always have to be a limiting factor. That's very wise. And I would include bringing glasses also along Mm -hmm. with you. So even if vision is not as good with glasses Mm -hmm. as with specialty contact lenses, it's always good to have a backup just in case. Hmm. I might need to pick your brain about that actually, because so (laughs) far glasses haven't been an option for me, or at least not one that I knew about. So maybe we can talk. (laughs) I think they're better than nothing. I actually talked to a patient today um, with keratoconus, but based on the irregular astigmatism, of course, vision is not going to be as good sometimes with glasses as compared to specialty contact lenses. But in order to walk around or get by, it's still better than nothing. And sometimes we change the prescription a little bit to make it somewhat functional. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be as good though as with your scleral lenses, I'm sure. But I think also after a late night or a long day, especially a long work day, if I'm working late at night, there are definitely times that I would love to be able to take them out and just have the comfort of not wearing something. It's just in my own home. Sounds like maybe glasses would be a good option as a backup. Okay. Yes, I'm about that. Yeah. So I want to share with the listeners about your 
how do I look video? And I know we talked about that before, but I was watching it again and it is so impactful. Mm -hmm. And I recommend everyone to watch the video. And I love in the video how you mentioned that hindsight is 2020. How do you perceive your life with keratoconus now? Hmm. That's a good question. I was talking with a friend the other day. So I mentioned at the beginning I had posted a few things online, was trying to engage some folks in conversation, either those who have keratoconus or those who have maybe another kind of vision impairment, asking them what either skills or traits they've developed to help them manage their condition that have turned out to be positive. And someone who had never talked to me about their conditions before reached out and said that he had felt he learned a degree of resilience that he hadn't had before. And that having to learn how to navigate the world with the conditions that, that he has, one of which uh, is a vision impairment, forced him to practice different approaches to maintaining focus in his life. And that prompted me to think similarly. I think for me, those two things stand. I think the resilience is maybe the most important piece. Another thing that I feel grateful for in my life now is that with that resilience has come, I think, a greater sense of self comfort in my own skin, body, and life as a function of learning to trust my intuition a little bit better. I have a tendency to overthink and overanalyze and sometimes not being able to wear contacts has put me in positions where I've had to learn how to stay calm or figure out how to get myself to focus or maintain or achieve a level of comfort. And there's something really nice that comes with the feeling of knowing when you can trust your body or trust your lived experience. And so I would say those pieces of resilience and that nudge maybe to pay more attention to my own intuition, physically and mentally, both of those things have turned out to be great strengths and assets. So in hindsight, I've actually learned quite a lot through the experience, even if at the time it was quite intimidating. And I think it also has led me to appreciate things like vision, health on a different level and to not take for granted some of those things that really are quite defining. Those are so many positive aspects that are true for everyone, I think, mm -hmm. whether or not you have any sort of visual impairment or really any condition, but resilience and trusting yourself and and really relying on that intuition are great features for everyone. Mm -hmm. I would add, in retrospect, I'm glad that I trusted my intuition enough at the time to make sure that I was taking steps to monitor my own health. Again, my story is a little unusual, maybe, because I wasn't seeing an eye doctor regularly. And when I did, they had thought I was just dealing with dry eye and I left with drops and without a diagnosis or further inquiry or any kind of testing. 
So others may have a different experience. But I think for me, now looking back, I realize how important it is for people to stay on top of their health or how important it is as a patient to try to be somewhat educated or at least somewhat communicative and open with your clinicians and care providers to be honest about what you're experiencing and the hope that together you can figure out what's going on with your body or otherwise. And as a provider, I think yeah, I was going to say it's like really helpful for my patients to tell me what is working, what's working, what's not working. Mm-hmm. And I know that for some of my patients, what works great for one does not work great for another, and that's mm-hmm. why we have so many different options. So I love that you share and have that open communication because the more we know, the more we can help you. Mm. Yeah. I, it's nice to hear a provider say that because I think sometimes there's a question. A lot of patients may make the assumption that because a clinician has a certain kind of training or a certain degree of expertise, that what they say is gospel and that the patient doesn't have anything to contribute to the dialogue. So it's really helpful to hear someone on the other side of it say, no, actually, it is helpful if you share a little bit of your lived experience or you bring some of your own knowledge to the table so that I can hear about your vantage point and we can figure out what's going to work best for you. That's, that's encouraging. I wish more people felt like they could have that kind of a relationship with their care providers. Well, I hope so. Mm -hmm. I feel like we have so many different tools in our toolbox and it's fun to be able to utilize these tools Mm -hmm. and share all these different options that can really help people in all these different ways. Mm -hmm. So back to the invisible disability, I want you to share more about that. And maybe just day to day now, how do you perceive keratoconus as an invisible disability? Hmm. I think because a lot of people in my life, including friends who know that I have a vision condition, who know that I wear specialized contacts, because there isn't some kind of a visual cue for them to be reminded that there's something a little bit nuanced about the way I see or interact with the world. It can be easy for them to forget. And in some ways that's great. In some ways that's a gift and actually a luxury. In other ways, it can be very challenging. So for example, there will be times that I'm with friends and if for whatever reason I left my contacts in too long, I worked too many hours, my eyes are tired, or I'm having some kind of pain, I may say, hey, actually, I just need to go home. I need to leave. And people who don't have the same experience that I do may sometimes misinterpret that cue as my being checked out or disengaged. Or in some cases, they'll say, well, why don't you just put on your glasses? (laughs) Or why don't you just take out your contacts? And then I have to explain, oh, boy. Once I take out my contacts, in some ways it feels like my personality changes because I don't process the world the same way. I don't engage on the same level. I become a little bit more reserved um, because I'm just not getting the same kinds of visual cues that I would have otherwise. And the same thing applies, for example, in a work setting. So there are times that if I've been staring at a screen for quite a long time, 
I feel that. Or if I have to take out my contacts at the end of the day, I feel like I'm just not as focused or maybe in some ways, and it might be in my head. I feel like I'm less articulate, for example, when I have my contact lenses out. And so if others, if people on the other side of your interaction don't have some kind of a visual cue, sometimes I think maybe they don't understand why I'm so nervous about leaving early enough to not be driving in the dark. And I think there are some things you can do to communicate that to people. But now and again, there are moments that I realize that, yes, in fact, there are ways I navigate the world that are different from my peers who don't have keratoconus or who haven't experienced something like this. Again, in some ways, it's a luxury that it's not visible to others, but it also means that sometimes I forget. Like I forget to be gentle with myself sometimes, or I forget not to get frustrated if I have to take my lenses out and then I'm not going to accomplish anything else for the rest of the day. So I might as well sit down and watch a movie, which I can't really see anyway. So I have to even check with myself sometimes and remind myself that it's okay to take a break or to take some of the steps I might need to take to make sure that I'm staying healthy and comfortable and, and maintaining my health. I would be curious to hear how maybe others, how others experience it, but that's something that I've, I've wrestled with a little bit. I I think that was a very insightful answer to that difficult question. (laughs) And I'm very impressed with how organized you are and Mm -hmm. how you really think ahead. And I hope that you're gentle with yourself Mm -hmm. as well. But I know sometimes it's hard. (laughs) It is tricky. It is tricky. That's something I wish I could connect with other keratoconus patients about. So far, I've had kind of one-on-one conversations or sometimes interactions via social media or at certain kinds of events. But I wish there was a way to be able to more meaningfully connect with folks and share that kind of solidarity as opposed to just these are the lenses I wear. This is why I like them. Here's why I do or don't recommend a corneal transplant. But to have some of these other kinds of conversations to remind people uh, to be a little bit gentle with themselves and to give some kind of tips for that, I think would be a great asset because it is challenging in ways that sort of sneak up on you. And then you might be having a bad day and you realize, I I better get perspective on this. Tomorrow will be better. I think that's a great project for NKCF. (laughs) (laughs) I think that would be very meaningful for a lot of people. Rachel, as usual, we're out of time, although Mm -hmm. I want to talk to you forever. So you're going to have to come back a third time. So thank you so much for your excellent insights. And all of you, thank you so much for joining us on the Clearly KC podcast Please listen to the podcast on Podbean or your favorite podcast app to subscribe and get future episodes. For now, I'm Dr. Melissa Barnett, and please join us next time on Clearly Casey.